Welcome to the Lulu Logic Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Lewis, dropping another episode today. Back to back, dropped one last night, dropping another one today. And then we'll be back to our regular scheduled program on Mondays and Thursdays. But felt like I needed to get this one out. Didn't want to wait till next week. This dude right here, he can really play DB. He used to sit on everything over there. But he was a part of a tandem to that boundary side, if you know what I mean. They used to do a lot of work. But now, this is the first time we got to sit down and have a conversation. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think about our conversation. About music, NBA, NFL, CFL, and life. This is the Lulu Logic Podcast. I don't know what's on. It looks like it's on, but there you go. <laughs> Today's guest is from Oakland, California. He went to Fresno State University before heading to the Tennessee Titans, then north to the BC Lions. He's a four-time CFL PA All-Star. He's CFL All-Star in 2008, two-time Grey Cup champ, finished his career with 33 picks. That's INTs, if you don't know, three defensive touchdowns. Welcome to the show, Dante Mars. What up? What's going on, Nick? Man, I'm good. I always wonder, like, how people feel after hearing all that. Because I know we don't always go back. I don't ever go back and really look at my stuff. But when you can hear it, how's it feel? I got goosebumps. Did you? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 me, me and you have had battles, not, nec- not, all, not all the time against each other one-on-one, but nonetheless, the battles, right? So, for my most of my career up there, I always was in grind mode. Like, I never yeah. really, I ain't really tripped, you know what I'm saying? I was always trying to just be the best at my position, right? So, you know, towards the end, and even now, like, I had a bin I, I had that I had out of storage, and I found jerseys and uh, <laughs> boxes of cards and newspaper clippings, and then, and then this, this past um, spring, I got, a, I got an email from, from the CFL Hall of Fame Museum, and they was like, you know, you, you're nominated, et cetera, et cetera. So it did, it, I, now I, I, when I look back and sometimes I post like old highlights and stuff, I'm like, dang, I was, I was pretty good, huh? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause you don't, you never know how other people view you, right? So like, appreciate yeah. Rambi, Kenyon, like, like on social media, when, when if, 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 if there's a post or old video or any type of the thing related time me to football, those guys who are my peers and guys I competed against, you, the, to, to let them express how they feel about you like it's a respect and it's like you know what I mean like a genuine like dude you hey I knew I had to come with my A game because you was you was on your shit like vice versa so it's it feel different like because you you never know because we always be talking shit like man fuck me man <laughs> but hey boy that that was some most shit talking is game <laughs> it's like everybody on y'all's defense talk yeah nope talk yeah it was just like man but the but the respect was there though that's what oh, 100 so it was never like motherfucker, man fuck him he got you can't you because you'll be hating at that point yeah so, like that was it just feel good to hear if it, i don't know it feel different with somebody else that you competed against at that level who was a, a great player at that level as well that you competed against you know 
say those type of things about you and praise you and really give you your flowers, so to speak. It's it's a it's a it's a that shit hit different. So question. Yes, sir. Four time CFL PA All Star. Is that different than the regular All Star? Yeah. Like, which one do you think means more? This that one because y'all we vote for that one. If I'm not mistaken, the players yeah the vote. players vote. The, the, I got snubbed a bunch of times. I never was a PA All Star. Are you serious? Never. Because I mean, I, I used to bully DBs, and I used to be, you know, I used to be on my, you know, me. I used to punch people in the but face. You, I, 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 I used to I, talk. You. But I would, I, I never you made the NFL PA All Star team. Never. Wow. That's. that's I just, funny. I just took it as a respect thing that you hate me that much. No, I would, no, no, no. Because if you if you look at the list, I was always on the list, like the right. top ten list of guys hardest to bring down, toughest competitor, trash talker, you know, score from anywhere. Like I was always on those lists. But when it came to that PA All Star, but you know what though, Nick? Like for for me, because they they put articles out. I know Low Ulrich in DC a bunch of times. Like in the year that I got all of them, it was me and Brandon Browner. Like. Mm. I, I only had one interception that year, I think. Or yeah. two like, I, I didn't, you know, because you know they based this shit off whatever. But that 2008, that's when I made all of them, and I didn't even feel like that was, like, my best season at to that point. I thought the, the first Grey Cup, we won that 06 year because I, I, yeah. I signed Kansas City right after that temporarily when Herman Edwards got in there. And I thought, shit, 06, I thought that was my year. Like, yeah. I, I made West, but – Anyway, you know how that shit go, man. I that's <laughs> I, I, I thought you I thought you was on there a bunch of times. I was no, like, I, I think I was six times CFL All Star, but uh, never a PA All Star. But you know, it, everybody views it different. Yeah, right. I was a bully. I understand how I played the game. I played the game like a bully, right? And but there's a lot of people. But there's a lot of great receivers in CFL. So I never really took it as disrespect. If you voting for Rambo or you vote for Cope or you voting for Fred Stamps or Jamel Richardson or I play different spots. Like yeah. so oh, Kenyon played inside initially, remember? And then yeah. Mitchell yeah. moved out to the X. And mm-hmm. then same with Rombi, like you move him around, but you was always in that slot, whether it be in the boundary sometimes or that, that field number three. So it like for me, I wasn't I really wasn't like for me. Like, I'm just picking five DBs. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. of course, you no know, guys that play safety, but I had to look at it like, shit, I, I'm, I'm the GM. I'm the coach. I'm picking yeah. the five guys who I believe was the guys. Like, you can't all this choppy and we're, you know, because that kind of exclude guys, too, and then you have the ratio, too. So yeah. there's no way in hell you ain't make this. Nah. So I'm, I'm, I'm telling you because I know. I, play, <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm 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 seeing like, yeah, I don't like this motherfucker, but I I can't hate like that's because that's the competitive nature. We hated Calgary, y'all hated us. Yeah. It was a Wally left thing too, so that added to it. And you know when y'all finally start spending that money on defense, y'all became a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like y'all always Calgary always had offense, but we are we are edge them out because because I remember I got one of my one of my first picks was. You had came late, I think. That that was my first year, oh four. No, and I was a, I was there at oh four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, Kahari was still there. 
And we Corey played Jones. Yep. So it, was, it had to be like week 17. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. And then I, uh, I, he overthrew the receiver. And I, I can't remember who was playing the X back then. I picked Blake it. Sanford. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it just, that that right there, that old you remember term. we won that game though, right? Yeah, but we, we went all the way. I know. I was on the sidelines. <laughs> I, I seen that. But you know we won that game though. Y'all, I, y'all did y'all? Remember we had the um, the threw the ball to Juhas. He punted it, yeah, yeah. it behind him and took off running and got to right, but they the but they said we won it, but really y'all won the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they I said he wasn't that. on size. Right. I remember. But, I mean, that's the way it worked though. Sometimes we only won four games anyway. We weren't going to the. We played Winnipeg the last week of the season, and neither one of us had a chance to go. But y'all was y'all 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 had firepower on that offense, man. Yeah. But y'all, it was you. Y'all had Cope still. No, had, no, 04? 04 was what? Cope was in Montreal. Yeah, Wayne McGarity, Albert McGarity, Connell. Yes, yes, yes. Joffrey had just got there a couple weeks before. Yep, we yep, we yep, had yep. Ronnie Jenkins. Ronnie Jenkins from BYU, yep, yep, yep. Ooh, yeah. Uh, then we got David squad. Allen the next year. And, y'all had squad. Yeah. Y'all had squad. Y'all had squad. So, no, man, I – um. Like I said, it, it, it was it was a plethora of great receivers, and I had to adjust to the game because I was always quick, quick, quick. And I, my first year up here, oh four, in the first few games, they wanted they wanted me and Sam up out of there, but I because it was like damn you young, yeah, you tear it up in preseason and you ball, and then my confidence was kind of so on one because I I was in the NFL, man, I got hurt and then it was over, you know, like I ain't supposed to be here because I wasn't I was ignorant to the to the to the fact of the talent until yeah. I got and I'm like, oh, third, fourth game of the season, I'm covering Andre Rising. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, Bad nice Moon was like, there. Yeah, you know, so me only knowing, like, prior to me coming up here, I'm only knowing about Jeff Garcia, obviously, because I'm from Oakland and he played in San Francisco, so we knew that whole story. He a Bay Area guy. Yep. And I knew the Warren Moon story, and I knew uh, Doug Flutie, and I knew Rocket Ismail. Other than that, I didn't really know too much about Canada until I got up there, and I was like, this shit real. They <laughs> 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 get to run at you like, man. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that. Yeah. Have you been watching the NFL? Yeah, I was just in there watching some of the Raider games. You know, I, you know, you're, you're, you still a Raider fan? I'm like, they will always be the Oakland Raiders, Nick. They can be on Pluto. <laughs> See, look, this is what people don't understand. I got the symbol tattooed on my back, like, if you from Oakland, you a Raider. It's just it's synonymous with the city. It ain't yeah. so the team. You know, Oakland, you talking about Huey P. Uh, Newton, the Black Panther Party. You talking about the Pointer Sisters, Hammer. MC Hammer. Yeah, short. You talking about Bill Russell went to my high school because me and Smitty went to the same high school. Really? Yeah, McClellan's High School. We it's it's Bill Russell went there. We got one of the uh, uh, MC Hammer went there. Uh, Y'all was there at the same time? No, Smitty younger than me. Yeah, I know younger. How old is Smitty? 36, 35? Something around there. I just seen him a couple months ago. Yeah, he's younger than me because I'm 41. So, yeah, I'm class of 97. I think Smitty, like, 03 or something like that. Okay. So yeah, That sounds about right. So many, you know, uh, Roy Shivers went to my high school. Mm. <laughs> so Roy yeah, need to be in the Hall of Fame, too. Man, that part. So, no, it's uh, <coughs> going back to that. You know, being from Oakland is just a special, a special thing. So, you know, all I, they they moved when I was like four to LA when LA borrowed them, and um, even then I was a Raider fan. It was just something about it. And then when they moved back, we was all excited. And 
for me, I don't give a damn where they at. They always the Oakland Raiders. It's silver and black. That's just what it is. You gonna go watch them play? I gotta get to a game. That stadium off the chain, brother. Yeah, what's it called? The Death Star? Allegiant uh, 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 Field or some shit. Mm. Yeah, it's that's nice. gonna be. It's nice. Man, they gotta open Vegas back up, man. This COVID got Vegas shut down. Oh man, but see, <laughs> I, so maybe this is what they need for the first year. They do, but yeah, because okay, so to that point, I know where you're going with this. So it's stupid to me to take the team from Oakland a second time because you're taking them to Vegas and you're talking about prostitution, you're talking about drugs, you're talking about gambling, betting. That ain't I. That was no. That wasn't a good. That 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 wasn't a smart move. I don't think anyway. For me, as a pro team owner, I wouldn't have took my team. I think they're talking about money though in a new stadium. I I think Oakland wasn't giving them enough money in the city to build a new stadium, and I think that's where it came from. Right. And when you got guys like Jerry Jones, and and those guys, man, they're gonna they're always gonna push to right. maximize the dollar. Right. And I've been to that stadium in Dallas. Yeah. Man, Money wheels. <laughs> yes, it is. But no, man, Oakland I'm, doing good, man. They up by, up by seven right now. Three minutes to go in the third. Twenty four seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, the the Oakland Coliseum deal, and 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 Al Davis had issues dating back to the eighties, man. He, you know, he he was on one. He was one of them dudes, and uh, he don't get it. I don't think he's get the credit he deserves for all the the the, the great things he spearheaded for the National Football League, like. Yeah, the NFL and the NFL merger, uh, him and Mr. Hunt with the Chiefs, uh, you know, first Latino uh, head coach, uh, uh, Native American Super Bowl winning quarterback from the Bay, Jim Plunkett. Like, yeah. and, and back in the day, all those dudes were castoffs. They was like bus other players. Rich Gannon was a journeyman. Until yeah, he, got he was. You know what I mean? And then he's winning MVP of the league. So. The Raiders always hold a special place in my heart because, man, it's town business, man. You know what I'm saying? Yada da. <laughs> yeah. Man, when you talk about short man and, and those guys from the from the Bay Area, man, that's just E forty and yep, yep, like it's just it's just a different vibe. I've never been to California. For real? Never. I'm I'm coming. Trust me, I'm coming. Hey, Nick, real quick. You from you from the Lone Star State. So I'm a, I, and see Oakland, a lot of Southern people get down with cats from Oakland because, you know, yeah. we all migrated from the South way back when. Yep. We're very receptive to it. It's like a lot of people don't know this history that, you know, the Bay Area is deep, deep enriched, in, in, especially in the rap game, too. So, mm-hmm. Master was not talking about New Orleans when he first came out. He was living in this little city in the Bay Area called Richmond, California. Yep. That's where he, he learned the game from Short and 40 and all them dudes back in the early 90s, and he bubbled with it. Um, Texas, I fool with Texas. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a UGK fan. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, I'm a, Scarface will always be in my top five MCs. I mm. think Face still at 50-something years old is one of them dudes. Um, I take it on down to um, Memphis. I'm an eight-baller MJG fan. I'm very well versed in the music. Some have of you, that. Go ahead. Have you, have you heard Toby Anigwe? Yes, fire. Ooh. Fire. Killy, what's his? How you pronounce my man name? Killer Calion. Yeah, Killer Calion. Hey, bruh, I did not know he had gasoline like that till I started following him on Instagram. Mm. I didn't yeah. know that. Houston just got a like just the whole Houston Port Arthur. 
yeah. that area, man. That's just Dallas had a couple, but Dallas ain't never had, you know, um now you got uh what's his name? That's on me, baby. Yellow Beezy. Yeah. Yellow Beezy be hitting a couple of them, but uh back in the day we had uh with Crook for Life and Mr. Lucci and Mr. Pookie and Y'all got a famous Bay Area rapper that's really from Texas. A lot of people don't know this. Who is that? Spice One. Really? Spice One is from Corsicana, Texas. I didn't know that. Yes. Spice One moved to the Bay Area as a youngster and uh, started claiming the Bay, man. And short put him on and it was on and popping. He's from Texas. What is that? It's it, hip hop. What's it called? Off, uh, was it on Netflix? I think hip hop uh, evolution or something like that. And they yeah, talk they about the different regions. Yeah, you yep. watch that. Yep. Yep. Dude, music is just such a different vibe, man. Because I, I listen to everything. So depending on my you mood, listen to country too, though. I, I love you, country. When I heard that, I, was I love like, country. Hey, it's not to cut you off, Nick. It's a dude. I think he's from. I want to say from the H. I just, I just got hip to him. This brother is uber super duper talented he got a grill and everything he's seen country he's seen r&b his name is uh t dash yeah hey that brother talented man dude, he fought. dude he country fought. To, okay so my musical game like i go r&b or country more than anything i can go hip-hop whenever i'm like going to if i want to go hang out i'm gonna go hip-hop when I go out, I like to listen to hip hop mostly. It just puts me in that mood. But um, more time, I'm I'm just a laid back dude. I'm I'm really not as loud as I as I am in public. Yeah. So I'm usually listening to country music when I'm driving or R and B. Right. That's what that's usually what I'm listening to most of the time. So I don't really, you know, mess with too much. Toby Nigue, he he keep it there. Um, I listen to him. I do like I I listen to short. Uh, I listen to uh, Kendrick. Yes, yes. You know, and and those guys, man. There's some guys down south that I listen to. Uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now, but uh, man, what is his name? I put him with Toby and um, and Andre Three Thousand. Hey, I I can't forget Outkast, man. I lived in the A for seven years. Yeah. Now. I'm a, anything. See, for me, the, the South, right? Yep. Like, as a youngster, so I'm coming up in the 80s and 90s, so obviously, NWA here, you know what I mean? Too short for, for, for everybody, in, like, too short anywhere. Like, I'm living in Atlanta in a, in a, in a lounge where nobody's up. It was kind of mellow. Blow the whistle came on. That shit went mm. like And that's, that's one of his old, so that's one song of many. This dude yeah. got Span four decades, but I used to sneak in my sister's room <laughs> and play her freaky, her the Born to Mac album, Freaky. Yeah, tale. these so, are the tales, the freaky. Yeah, tale. These so, are the tales that I tell so, so well. Hey, so he, so <laughs> it, it's, it's it's dudes like that's grandparents. That's you know what I'm saying. And I and I was I was having these debates with these youngsters. I said, listen, man, if you are born after 1995, you can't debate music or because no. you don't know shit. I said, my grandfather from 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 uh, Mississippi, Macomb, Mississippi, moved to California in the '40s. He know who Too Short is, and he 93 years old. You <laughs> <laughs> little dude, y'all talking about? And that's what I had to tell him. I said, people know who Too Short is. People know who Snoop Dogg is. 
They don't know Lil Baby, The Baby, and all these. These are in the Migos. But they're like weekly songs, though. They're songs for a week. Yeah. There's not not generational songs anymore. Exactly my point. I said, listen, I can play y'all some music from 1996, and that shit will sound like it came out yesterday. Especially Missy Elliott. Bruh. That Timbaland on on the track? Hey. (laughs) Oh, like I said. Hey, did you hear what happened at the Super Bowl? A couple years ago when Katy Perry brought Missy Elliott out. Mm-mm. Like Twitter and Instagram went crazy. It was like, Katy Perry's going to make this girl famous one day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they not knowing she was already on, on. Come on, man. She's 20 years in the game at this point. Oh, 25. That girl writing for Keisha Cole, Jasmine. Everybody. Everybody. Who I was thinking? A big crit. Yes. Big crit. Killer, yeah, Killer Mike be going hard. Dude, there's so many, and it, it, you see the game has changed, but you you still have those guys that are so lyrical, and that's what I love, the, the lyricist, man, that can go out there and just put it down. Okay, so real J. quick, Nick, so real, J. Cole, too, so real mm. quick, um, I was not a Jay-Z fan, I always, so growing up, and so I'm 41, so coming up, and you ain't too far from me, but, so you, you, you'll understand, what you, 82? Yep. So we, yeah, we were saying exactly who we Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Talking about the New York cats wasn't cussing on albums back then. It was mm-hmm. like in way, two live crew, two short, Eric B, Eric, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a couple maybe one or two Rakim, Rakim and maybe yeah. one or two dudes in New York was cussing. But when Pac said, you know, fuck Jay Z, Biggie, all them dudes, really like I don't even know. I was I wasn't <laughs> Like, you know, it's death row against the, you know, against the world, right? And they made it that whole East Coast, West Coast thing. And, you know, Pac, Pac claimed Oakland because he used to hang with Richie Rich and he, he got his start with Digital Underground and was a road like, so he yep. really, he moved out here and really, Oakland showed me the game. He loved it, right? So long story short is this. I didn't become a Jay-Z fan until my rookie year I was in Tennessee with the Titans and I was in the barber, barber shop and that first Reasonable Doubt came, album came out. Mm. No, 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 no. Not Reasonable Doubt. The first Blueprint. Reasonable oh, Doubt a, is a classic, so they yeah. say I didn't fuck with that. And Blueprint. Blueprint came out, I became a J fan, and listen to me, man. He has surpassed Biggie because his catalog is ridiculous. You, yeah. Biggie don't have enough catalog. So, in terms of just the, the East Coast, like King, Jay-Z, dog, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 can't, I, I can't go against that. When I say artists, so there's levels, right? So Nas is one of them dudes. Yeah. One of them dudes. Uh, Scarface is always, he just is such a good storyteller. And I just Ooh. love that. You know what I mean? And, you know, when we talk about lyrical, Pac wasn't the most lyrical dude. No, but he got a vibe, though. Like, exactly. He could give you these stories and you will, like, if, if Pac would be like, Nick, let's go ride on these fools, you'll be like, okay. <laughs> that's. I'm just saying that's the type of, the aura he had, you know, it's like I mean? it's like it's like Titty Boy didn't have wasn't even doing much, you know, mm-hmm. had a little bit. Then he changed his name to Two Chains, yep. and then he got a vibe, and Man. then it just now you listen to Two Chains, it's a vibe. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I'm not listening to anything trying to be super lyrical. Like I just got a vibe when I listen to him. Like he I is. Two Chains got bars, but I mean, he grew up. He he came on with Little Wayne. Right, I remember. Right? Remember, I so remember. he was in that whole Wayne clique. You know, Wayne's a lyricist, right? Wayne's one got Drake doing what he do and Nikki doing what she was doing and all them. Like, yeah. See, see Wayne for me, because I, you know, we came up watching Wayne grow. 
from Hot Boys and you know, and you know, Wayne Turk. Yep, I was you know BG and yeah, yeah. So you know, I just it's it's funny that you say that because there's a lot of these young guys that really don't know the history. And 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 watch this. I make the parallel to sports, right? So I'm a Michael Jordan fan. I've watched LeBron Pan play in person, and that dude is phenomenal. He's six eight, chiseled, could be like a ultimate tight end. Like he's 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 everything you could want in an athlete. But you will not. I repeat, you will not try to say he's the goat over Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I'm just not. Not a chance. For one, in the '80s and the '90s, that was the most. That was the the greatest decades for NBA basketball, in my opinion. Yeah. Cool. So I go back to the video game, right? NBA jams. Yep. Every team had like two or three stars on it. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, man, you know, I, I, I ride with my, my man from Brookfield, you know what I'm saying, playing up there in Portland. Dang, dang dollars be going ham. But <laughs> it, I just can't, I, I just get tired of arguing with these millennials because they don't, they, don't, they don't do the history, um, Nick. And if you want to be great, like I was born in 79. Mel Blunt career was pretty much over by that point. Yeah, I knew, I knew who the hell Mel Blunt was. 6'3", Hall of Fame, Steel Curtain, like, because we used to collect football cards. And if you wanted to be great you and that you loved it, you studied it, dog. Yeah. I just don't do none of that. They, I asked my players, give me five of your – I want you to write me a half paragraph on your five best DBs from any era. They come back, the Honey Badger. They come back with all these new dudes. And I'm like, dude, y'all want to know one of the best DBs I've ever watched? Charles Woods. Yeah. Hey man, T Wood hey, Wood at at Michigan. Yes. Even his whole career, but at Michigan, yes. The way he did work, there's not too many people in college football that can ever shut did. it down. That ever did that. And line like up and punt return and do it. Mm. It's special, dog. So I, I in the NBA, I think in the eighties and nineties, I think teams one through five were better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You you had one through five was better. Now I think the guys are more talented. Yeah. But okay. talent doesn't always mean better. Thank you. I'm so glad. Right. In this man. Because it in the day I was like, okay, let's go back and compare. Right. If if LeBron's team was in the East with Sean Kemp and Gary Payton and Hershey Hawkins and Detlef yeah. Shrimp. Yes. And all them boys, was he winning that series? Would they even beat the Cavaliers with Craig Elo and and uh, Brad Doherty and Larry Nance and, you know, Mark Price? And so when you go back in the Knicks, right, mm-hmm. with Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, yes. Patrick Ewens, John Starks, Mark Jackson, right? When you go back and look, like, yeah, the fours back then were pretty much like most of them were hit men. Mm-hmm. But they can still play basketball. They're going to play defense. You, it, it was so hard to score 120 years ago. Well, 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 here's the other thing, too, Nick. You're not deep back then. Okay, I'll throw up to, to one of my OGs, Gary Payton, the glove. I'm gonna tell you. Mm. He was not going to come down and shoot from damn near half court uncontested, brother. They playing they, – you getting them elbows. You getting hand checked. Yeah. So, I agree with you. And, and, and I'll, like I said – the same way you can we doing we're having this conversation about basketball. I had to talk to these young cats about the receivers and the DBs. I said, "Listen, brother. Yes, guys are because there's guys like me who coach, who played at that high level and train, giving y'all this sauce at an early age. Y'all paying yeah. us 
to get you prepared. I, we didn't have that. I was a running back. <laughs> I just, I just, they was like, play corner. Play. I was like, all right. So I said, yes, people are bigger, faster, stronger, but that don't always mean better. You got don't guys mean better. Find Nick, who run a 4-3, you get them out there on the football field, and a 4-8 tight end could put them in a the blender. Because yeah. they don't have no hips or nothing else. So I don't, we can't just say, oh, he's run a 4-3. Oh, he can jump out. The, that doesn't always equate to better production and a better receiver because Jerry Rice ran like 4-7. Yeah, Jerry Rice, Mike Wervin, Steve yep. Largent. Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden ran 4 8 one And had two 80-yard touchdowns this rookie year. So that, that debunks all these. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hey, but it's something about that dog. In, like, there's, yeah. you know, there's not a lot of people that are built with that killer instinct anymore. Like Kobe had the killer instinct. Mike had the killer instinct. You got guys like that, but there's some guys. They ain't got LeBron ain't got it. LeBron mm-hmm. didn't even move last night with the game on the line. He's standing like this, hoping somebody gonna make the play. Hey Nick. So when they played the Warriors, when K when they won it with KD, mm. that last like five minutes. KD got killer instinct. Hey, that last five minutes of the game, where 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 was LeBron at? K- KD went to work. Ooh. So I'm just saying, when the game on the line with Michael Jeffrey Jordan and, 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 and Kobe Bean Bryant, they not passing that ball. <laughs> they shooting that thing. You know, I used to be low-key pissed off. I'd break the huddle for the ball. If the ball wasn't supposed to come to me at the end of a game, I'd be pissed off. But see, I'm looking over. I got Cope and Rambo, Elwell, yeah. uh, Rombi, mm-hmm. all those guys. I'm like, you know what? I'd probably throw it to them, too, if I was a coach, right? But at the end of the day, I'm still pissed off because I know I can make the play. Definitely. As a, as I a believe they're going to make the play, but I know I'm going to make the play, right? But that's just the difference. That's the difference in me. That's the competitive nature. And, that, and, 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 and that's, what I, that's what we always talk about. So me and Banks, you know, me and Banks like this, man. So we'd be like, hey, man, got to play Calgary this week in backcourt. <laughs> <laughs> with that no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, like, hey, man, if I could get him, I'm going to hit him for you. I'm, I'm going to hit him. I'm going to get him. So, no, I, y'all brought the best out of us because, you know, it was a, a West Division rival, and then it had intensified because prior to we, us getting up there, you know, Wally in the whole Calgary deal going to BC. So it was, it was one of those type deals where, like, early in my career – I was like, Calgary, I mean, you know, we gonna, we gonna get there. But then the table started turning, you know? There's a three-year window. Y'all didn't beat us eight, nine, or ten. Man, it was like, damn, we didn't – what happened? Like, we should have had and, – and, and some people that don't know take this as being, like, arrogant, and I would never be – I just speak speak, speak the real. My 11 years in B.C., we, should, we shouldn't have two great cup wins. We should have at least four. And I, I feel and like I, we should have five in Calgary. I, I'm gonna say because y'all start running that thing. Like for us, my old yeah, my fourth my first year, we lost to DA in Toronto. We was in uh, Ottawa and, and he pulled the magic off. That was my first year. The second year No, y'all fumbled them punt returns. Lockett kept fumbling them punt returns. Hey, hey I just talked to like the other day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But I don't know if you know this. So you know I won rookie of the year that year. Uh, me and Jason Armstead were hanging out on, on y'all's sideline down about the 20-yard line and watched the Grey Cup game. 
in Ottawa? Y'all was out there? Yeah, because I won the rookie of the year. Jay oh, Stead had played in Ottawa. That right that week. Yeah. 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 So like I had tickets to get in. We got in the game. He goes, let's go down on the field. I'm like, he's like, I know when the security guards. They let us down there. And we stood on the sideline. It was cold. Yeah. I free. remember watching a game from the sideline, man, and I thought y'all was gonna win it. Honestly. I, I mean that year, man, Casey Printers, Dave, you know yeah. what I'm saying? The offense was looking great. You know, Claremont and yeah, uh Paris and G Roy and Everybody, y'all had everybody. Y'all had y'all had all the old Calvary guys with Otis Floyd and everybody and Carl Kidd and like I was like, man, y'all, y'all are stacked. Yep. And then um, yeah, those two fumble punt returns. And then I just felt like I don't know. I just felt like something was missing in the offense. We didn't have a we didn't have so the two fumble punt returns. And then I'm I'm a. I want to say this. It's my personal opinion. Man, say how you feel. Say it with your chest. This is my personal <laughs> opinion. I feel as though Casey should have started that game. And the, re- and the reason why I say this, Nick, this is why I say this. I know he kind of got banged up a little bit towards the end. But because I, I, me and Casey go back to when he was at TCU and I was at Fresno State. Mm-hmm. So the reason I say this is because the year he had, this man threw for 5,000 yards. Like MVP. Yeah. Willie Beeman shit it up there. He, he did it. Yep. It's better for that young guy having that MVP season to start the Grey Cup. And if he falters, bring in the savvy vet. That was the guy to begin with. It's better that way versus let me start the vet. And then think about putting the, you know what I'm saying? That was just my opinion because you had the momentum. And I think, and and I know Casey real well. He's a good friend of mine. I don't want to speculate, but I'm just saying. I think that played, that was part of the demise of the, the Casey Printers up in Canada because of he felt that he was dealt a certain type of way and, you know, as a player, and if from the outside looking in, and even from that being me or you in that situation, we'd be like, yeah. bullshit. So, yeah. I'm just saying. No, I, I feel you. But, you know. but I heard also that Casey, like, was at practice and, like, Skelly and stuff. He'd drop back and point at a receiver. He wouldn't throw the ball. I heard he would not throw the ball at practice. Now, I've heard that from players on the team. They said he would not throw the ball at practice. His shoulder was messed up. And, like, for me, going to a game like that, I thought you needed Casey's legs. Yes. I, I, thought, if, I thought if Dave would have ran more, it would have a better chance. Mm-hmm. But Dave's not a runner, right? So, I thought Toronto just played a very – they dropped a lot of people, made it hard to throw the ball. Yeah. And if Casey could have been out there and ran, it would have changed. They'd have had to change up their whole defense. Yeah. Well, you. I mean, like you said, you. They had. They. Toronto had some dudes too. You talking about Fletch? You talking about? I've been. Wheaton, O'Shea, Wheaton, O'Shea, Ivory, uh, Steinauer, Steinauer, uh, 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 JY. Like yeah. you guys, uh, Big John Brown. Like you had guys. So, you know, it. it, it they were kind of stacked too. They and some of this, it was kind of a similar matchup. You had a lot of, you know, high-profile guys on Toronto, and you had, you know, some some stalwart dudes in BC. So, 
I just feel like we we probably could have won that one. I agree with you on that. And then I think if I think if he'd have threw the ball practice though, man, I think they would have started him. That's just me. I, I wasn't in it. I just yeah. talked to some people and, and see, I I that was the reason why he didn't start. I don't think it was a Dave or him thing. I think Wally would have went with him. I'm just I don't make him leave. I'm not gonna make it that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I'm not making it that. I'm just saying. I thought I'm thinking in my mind. This and I know and I and I am aware he had he was nicked up like I, yeah. I, I said that before he was he was banged up now, but it's the Grey Cup and the, and the and the man just did what he did. You let that man start that game and see what it is, you know. And then if it ain't what it ain't, I know I got a cat that played two years with the Chargers. That's that's a that became a he's a Hall of Famer. He's you know? a Hall of Famer. College so, football Hall of Famer. He was a college football Hall of Fame with Randy Moss and Charles Woodson. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, Dave's my guy. So yeah. I mean, it just makes sense. You let the young pup go out there considering he had the MVP season and give him a few series and just see what it is. And then after that, hey man, hey, hey, go go do what you do, double D. And that and I and I and I think I think that to me. A guy that was in that locker room, a young guy, a guy that was, you know, a starter, a guy that was, you know, a Did it divide the locker room at all? I, I kind of think so. Not for me. But Not for me. some guys were like, well, we want Dave to start. Some guys were like, man, Casey should be starting this game. Exactly. Nick, that's what I'm saying. So, and I'm I'm not on offense. You you yeah. offense guy, so you know you 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 may feel a, a different kind of I just wanted to win. And I know some of the things he was able to do that year, that was a magical season for him. And you know, I didn't really care because I they both my guys. Yeah. But I know he felt slighted because of the way that thing played out. And being to, young like that, you can yeah, and I it, think everything it, is yeah. I think it messed his head up too, because when he came back, he wasn't the same. Yeah. And see shit, he he was not the same. Yeah. I went through that with Drew and um and KG in twenty twelve. Mm. When Drew got hurt and then KG stepped in and we end up we end up going to uh, we came and played. Drew started. Drew played the last. They started splitting halves the last two games. KG played the first half. Drew played second. Drew played the first half. KG played second. Then they made a choice. Hub made the choice for Drew to start that Western uh, semifinal against Saz. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he got hurt. And then we end up coming down there to play y'all next week with KG. Right. So. You know, it's 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 one of them things, man. I'm just for me, you know, I, I I'm blessed and fortunate to have um, you know, and teammates with those guys, and you know, very very high level competitors, and even talking to Dave now, it's like you know, he's so cool and kind. Yeah, Dante, you know, and it's <laughs> it's, 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 it's dope, man. I was really looking forward to 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 coaching the the um. The guest coaching, like he, we've been we've been trying to talk about it for a couple of years now, and he was like reached out to me and like, yeah, man, we can fly you up and go, boom, 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 got you, don't worry about it. Set the, the you guys, um, secretary of Calgary gave me my itinerary. Three days later, yeah, yeah, I just I don't think it's gonna happen, you know, the whole COVID. I'm like, damn, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. That's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when everything get back, I'm I'm here's my here's my question, um, is the CFL gonna survive? Yeah, it will. And I think it will, but I, it here's, will. here's my thing. And you're a former player, so these, 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 are, these have been my thoughts for some years now. Let's talk about monetization. 
So nope. you have to you have to start paying these players correctly. There's money up there. There's a reason why the, the the books weren't turned over when they asked for the loan and all that stuff. And I don't want to be, I don't want to scrutinize the league that that that, 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 that I play. Well, I'll say it, damn it. I'll say it like I feel like it is. <laughs> you know me. I'm gonna say it. This is what I this is what I think it is. I think some of the owners dump some of their losses from their companies mm-hmm. into the CFL. Now, saying that. I think they make more money by not by not making money. Gotcha. So if I made a million dollars in the CFL as an owner, I'd have to pay way more than the million or two million that I'm losing in right. taxes. Right. So it's easier for me to lose two million in the CFL, which cuts my losses in other companies and pay less taxes. And I say I own a team then if I made a million in the CFL, it's not enough. I don't make enough money to justify paying more than that in taxes because I'm going to lose it right back in taxes. Correct. Right? So there, I believe that there's a there's like a little disconnect there because I just think it's got to be better, right? You, they're, they're on this line. I don't think the CFL needs six owners. I think the CFL needs one owner or two owners, one for the East, one for the West, or one owner and just have pe- one person run the East, one person run the West, and then just, you know, everybody got a GM, assisted GM, a, a president and a VP, and then their staffs, and let it go. Because I think there's too many people getting paid until you, till you can start to build it. Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about infrastructure for a second. So my whole thing is, and I'll go back to kind of what I was talking about earlier when you talk about the late great Al Davis and all the things he spearheaded, you know, the mm-hmm. AFL merger, you know, and giving, you know, minorities opportunities for these high high positions, um, the head coaching, general manager, quarterback, et cetera, right? Yep. My whole thing is this. If you force-feed it, the people will come. This is the issue I have with the Canadian Football League. You have all these very good American players who had NFL um, opportunities were in the league. Myself was. A lot of people were that are NFL caliber players. And you know, like I know, Nick, mm-hmm. the NFL ain't what people think it is. So, nope. you know, a lot of them players up there can, can play on these teams and start on these teams if given the right opportunity. Um, so they need to start treating the league like they really care and they got to take care of the players. Now, there's no way a Nick Lewis should not have his way in Calgary right now. There's no way a Dante Marsh should not have many opportunities in Vancouver, British Columbia. It, it, I, you, you get what I'm saying? You, mm-hmm. They're selective with who and how they operate with, and they shouldn't be that way. And that's why the league will never blossom and grow to what it could ultimately be is because they're not – maximizing that it's like they want to keep the the turnstile going like well you can't find a nick lewis on every corner in america if you could he wouldn't have played all them years you can't find a dante more i played for one of the most shrewdest cutthroat gms of all time up there and i 11 straight years for one team and he wasn't i wasn't i was making six figures yes yeah. so it wasn't like you you know what i'm saying you was giving me anything i'm pretty sure wally would have wanted to pay somebody forty five thousand opposed to paying me, Ryan, and Corey Banks. So yep, yep. my whole point is 
once the once the CFL decides, hey, we want to be big time, and I and I and I and I personally think they're afraid of bombarding or or trying to compete with with hockey, and it shouldn't be that way. Well, I don't I don't think it's all about just competing with hockey, but what I do think is this. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. I I do think this. I think when you look at the NFL, there's 130 plus million people in the U.S. Yeah. Canada, there's 35 million, right? I've seen the change go from a lot of hockey to now there's a lot of football players. People want to grow up and play football, right. right? I think the biggest misconception is Canadians believe if you go to the NFL, you make millions and you become famous. Right. And I tell them all the time, there's 1,700 guys every year, and you probably only know about 150 of them, if that. Yep. And those are and there's like the top probably one percent of the NFL is the only ones that make enough money to retire off of when they're done. I know guys that played seven years in the NFL that still working today as Absolutely. if they played seven years in the CFL. Right. Nothing changes. Yeah. You you make seven hundred thousand, you just buy bigger toys. That's it. Right? But I mean nothing changes. And um so I think that it's a big misconception. It's almost like going into a Gucci store and then having a target right next door and it could be the same clothes. Right. But you're going to value that Gucci over that target because it could came from the same factory. Yeah. But you value the name Gucci over it. Right. So the misconception is that, but here's the reason why I believe there's a misconception because the CFL refuses to market players. I was about to go to that next. And that's, that's where I believe that the biggest thing is because if the kids see the players, mm-hmm. if the kids can see them outside of the game, if they can see them all the time, mm-hmm. and this is what I'm building, it's coming. And they, if they see them and they know, oh, man, if I see Bo Levi Mitchell driving in a 745, mm-hmm. right, if I see guys out there making money, taking trips, if I go on, if I go on somebody's Instagram – and it's not just the quarterbacks. Right. You got your DBs now that's making money. And yeah. you got you got receivers making money. And I'm not talking two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. I'm talking about making real live cash to where now their lifestyles, these kids are gonna say, Oh, see, I, can get, I can get that lifestyle in the CFL. Right. But see, here goes the thing. thing. This is the thing, Nick, and that's why that's why. And I told myself, I said, I'm going to make money off my signature for the rest of my life. Football. That's it. Because I figured out the, that, that, that aspect of it. So that's why I started my DanteMarsh.com. That's why, hey, you know, go get you a, uh, uh, get, print out an eight by 10, go get it, you know, picture. I sign it, autograph it. Well, I made $11 off that because it blew me away. That I was at a mall in Guilford out in Vancouver. Yep. And I saw my, a 31 BC line jersey, and I, I was like, you know, all happy and shit. But I'm like, cause see, let me rewind. The one year I got in the, in the, in the NFL, at the end of the year, I got a $6,500 royalty check from the NFL PA. Yeah. It was a surprise check. I didn't know my homeboy that was a draft pick was like, yo, D, you, you, you didn't get your check yet? I'm like, man, what check? I was on injury reserve. What you talking about? I only play in the preseason. <laughs> what you talking about? It's like, no, man, you got to uh, – you should have a check coming. It'd be about $6,500. Sure enough, man, a couple days later, I got that check. And it's for licensings and likeness and whatever the case may be. 
So that's where this league, we need to start seeing those changes go. The other thing I want to talk about is if I have a Nick Lewis on my team and I have a, a Canadian receiver that's half as good, there's no way that Canadian receiver would make more money than Nick Lewis. I'm sorry. I don't care ratio or not. Let's, let's call it what it is. Yeah. I'm saying get rid of the ratio. That's, that's, that's what I believe because the NFL don't care if you're from Pluto. They want the best of the best. If they could get them, that's what it is going to be. My thing Canadian is, fans, man. I'm going to tell you, you're getting the tricky. You're getting tricky, tricky, tricky. Hey, I'm telling you, the Canadian fans, man, look, I'll tell you this. I say we should go down to four on the ratio. Yes, I agree. Keep, keep the number of 21 Canadian players on the team. But here's the thing I think. You should have to be one of the best to play. You shouldn't play just because of your nationality. That part. Right? If you go and compete, you will get better. Yep. And it, like, for us, it's almost harder to make the CFL than the NFL. I agree. 100%. I agree. I've seen good guys get cut because uh, a Canadian got hurt at a different position. Yep. Well, now we got to do a Canadian backup at this position. So now we have to cut this guy. Right. And, right? and he Here's the thing I don't like. You just said, you just made that point. If you're American, you got to be hands and sh head and shoulders above better than all because you, you're steadily competing. Well, if I, was, if I was Canadian, I wouldn't have to be that good. And no. that's kind of slight. But you know Canadians that come to training camp as a special teamer. Right. That has no aspirations of being a defense or offensive player. And getting paid, though. Get paid. 90, 100, that, that's crazy. So I can't. I, you can't you can't make me understand. You can't justify that to me. You can't. I don't care. Well, I, I, I say this. The Canadian football game is the rules, the yeah. field, and everything else. It's not yeah. the players. Exactly. Because I told them, I said, if I went to the U.S. right now and we started CFL South mm -hmm. and you took the teams that had CFL teams before previously, instead of an XFL, you have a CFL South. You play the same Canadian rules. But with all Americans. You're playing with all Americans. You're still playing a Canadian football game. Right. You right. don't need a Canadian to play the Canadian football game. No. Right. So maybe that's an option too. <laughs> okay. So talk going back to that, because we touched on that earlier in the, in the, in the, in the, in the interview. So my thing is, if you, if you, if the if the if the oh it's thirty one seventeen my Raiders getting busy I'm checking Bleacher Report on my phone they up thirty one seventeen if you can if an XFL hush Lola if the XFL or another spring league can can really sustain itself it's it's gonna hurt the Canadian Football League for sure because a guy a guy that that can make anywhere from sixty to a hundred thousand dollars here at home and ain't got to change that money over. They ain't no way they going up north. You know what hurts the CFL? Got to take the quarterbacks. Yeah. If you come in and say, we're taking the quarterbacks, and last year there was three quarterbacks that made over $500,000 U.S. Yeah. Well, was supposed to make over $500,000 U.S. Well, if you look at the exchange rate, $500,000 U.S. is about seven hundred to seven twenty dollars Canadian. Right, correct. That means all three of those guys would have been the highest paid quarterback in the CFL. Because Mike only made like seven oh five, Bo made six ninety five, I think, or something like that. Say only. So like therefore, no. But what I'm saying is, that opens the door right there. If you come in and say we're taking Mike Riley, Bo Levi Mitchell, 
Trevor Harris, Vernon Adams. And if I want to go start a league and I get those four guys, right? like what is CFL going to do? They're going to struggle. It's a passing league. Right. Yeah, there's more quarterbacks coming, but we'll just take them. Well, I mean, but you can't you can't keep up with what we're paying. No, you can't. You it, obviously it's obvious now with 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 Dwayne the Rock purchasing, and and here's the thing: I don't know if he's just being a front man for McMahon or. But I heard I heard that they never gonna play. So I he heard there's thirty five million dollars worth of equipment. They paid fifteen million for it, and if they turn around and flip it, they're gonna make twenty million dollars. So he just he just basically they just they just getting people. I don't know. That's just all I heard. I don't know, man. Look, I, I hear a lot of things, man. And and let me say this, because I got a lot of Canadian fans out there that listen to this podcast. Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Canadians get mad at me because I voice my opinion, and when we talk about stuff like this, I don't think they realize, as guys who played in that league for ten plus years. I talked to the PA guys today, Solly and, and those guys. Dude, I love the CFL. Absolutely. I became a man in the CFL. You know what I'm saying? I got here 21 years old, right? I turned down 12 NFL teams to stay in the CFL, right? I represent the CFL. Every time I go to the U.S., I represent the CFL. I was supposed to play in a charity all-star game, softball game in July this year with Matthew McConaughey and Toby Keith and Spud Webb and uh, – like so many names, Roger Clemens, and it's like so many other top guys from the NFL, MLB, all over. I was the only CFL player. Right. I was representing the CFL, right? I always want to show the people what this caliber is. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So I love the game. I don't want to ever, like if you're listening to this and you're Canadian, I don't want everyone to think I disrespect the league just because I call the faults of the league because the league's not set up to grow. Right. Because there's no way the WNBA jumps from 150,000 minimum or maximum to 500,000 maximum well, in well, one year. Well, here's the thing too, Nick, and, and, I, and I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna put emphasis on what you just said. I love the CFL too. CFL, CFL treated me real well for 11 years. And I'm not complaining at all. However, I wanna see that league grow. And yeah. instead, of, instead of promoting the league, cause nobody. Let's and man, hey, shout out to WB man. We finally squashed that 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 situation, and we've been chopping it up. But nobody's. Let's be honest. Nobody's coming to watch a coach coach the game. Yep. Nobody's coming to support the logo of the CFL. They want to see Nick Lewis. They want to see a Dante Mark. They want to see a G Roy signing. They want a Mike Riley. Or, you know, they want to see these guys, uh, Ricky. Brian Burnham. Yes, they want to see these guys. Call him the ticket. If you promote the guy, but see, I figured it out. If you promote the player so tough, Nick, now they're not disposable. Now it's going to be hard to get rid of them. So, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's like you, like you said, it's something going on within these, within the, within the ownership of the league. And I, I know they know that, if we start using the NFL model, we're going to have to give up some of this paper. Yeah. And, and you know, a couple of the owners have saved teams, yeah. right? Braley did save Brady. Toronto, right? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you got to be grateful for the owners, but 
they also, I just think when you got guys that have made hundreds of millions of dollars, they can't all sit in a room and figure out how the CFL can make money. And when I can, when I can sit in a room with you and say, look, here's what we have. You're a player. I'm an owner. Coaches don't get no respect because they don't have no, uh, they have no leverage anyway. But if, if the players and the owners sit in a room and said, let's grow this thing the way we all get paid, you think the players are going to say no? No. Like, that's the thing. Like, why do the owners feel like they're on the opposite side of the players? Because that's how it is. Because you are the you, – you, you got to understand, you are the help. And I this going to go over listen, – listen, Nick, I'm just saying, me and you know that's not true. Yeah. But this is the, this is the old school thought process behind – if you because we live in America, brother, so let's just call it what it is. You are entertainment. You are disposable. 100%. You are disposable pieces. Really, because even in the NFL, a lot of those guys are just because you know, like I know, a lot of those guys are hundred thousandaires. Everybody yeah. don't have the, the 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 Mahomes or the or the or the or the Brady contract or the Drew Brees. Those are up. That's like a very small percent. Everybody thinks No, my homeboy played seven eight years in the league. He never cracked a meal. He was never. like hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand. You know, that's what it was, which is great money to the average person. But when that's you get taxes. Yeah. Taxes, yeah. Uh, living expenses, agent fees, lawyer fees. It's it's it's, it's a wrap, and you, you got, got two hundred thousand at the end of the year. Got a five hundred thousand dollar dude or a seven eight hundred thousand dollar dude playing on a team with a forty million dollar dude. Mm. Now that's your teammate. That's your that's your coworker. It. You, I mean, come on. You you're gonna be kind of pushed to do things and 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 do certain things that you really wouldn't be doing because your finances do not allow it the way it allows or affords these guys. And you so, don't think you, that's your last contract anyway. Right. We all think, man, we finna get all Gotta get another contract. This is the first one. Yeah. So that's what my next one gonna be my best one. Exactly. What did they say your next move better be your best move? So <laughs> you know, they don't understand that, you know, these contracts to a regular everyday working person, that's why I used to I can't read blogs and, and comments and stuff. Cause you got a dude that work at a, at a, you know, his regular day job, he, he's getting all offended. Well, brother, you know how hard it is to become that 1%? Mm, say so it you, again. You're going to get treated differently, brother. That's just what it is, brother. You know what, only 1%. 2,300. Right. About 2,300 CFL, NFL players in the world. That's crazy. Like, think of that. Think of me, right. there's billions of people. Right. You're less than 1%. So It's like so, 0. 0.0001. So how can you sit there with a straight face? Oh, you listen, it, you don't have an inkling of an idea what stress is, brother. You, you get a three month, six month, nine month evaluation on your job. We evaluate it every day. Every day. See, <laughs> I don't, I only buy your, your employer. You give up two double moves. You won't do Dante. <laughs> Look, here, <man. laughs> Look here, man. You know, you, they're going to be bringing people in on Tuesday. You know, What's going on? Oh, you see it too. Hey, you see a new dude show up and he play your position. Man, what's what, so? What you saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they don't they don't understand that. And it, it hey, what's your name is? <laughs> real. You gotta talk to him like Martin and Will at, uh, on Bad Boys too. Yeah. yeah. So no, hey, you too I, young I, to be up here. Yeah, I, I agree with you though, man, and I'm all for that. So I mean, and I I even told somebody if I had the opportunity to 
be an ambassador or be able to get into the office up there, I can definitely help in marketing for sure. Because that model, and that's no disrespect to whoever's in charge of that, but it's it's outdated and it's not. Well, I got something for you coming. You just hold on those horses. Hey, man, I'm all for it, man. We got, we got it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, one thing I love about Oakland is the vocabulary. Oh, yeah, we talk, we, we talk with it. The vocabulary in Oakland, you, we talk about short earlier, we talk about E40, and you could just hear that it's a different vocabulary that come with people from Oakland. Well, so... so Everybody's a Smitty. Smitty's just pretty plain Jane. Yeah, so, so to clarify, <laughs> so to clarify, you got E40 is from Vallejo. So yeah. it's a little city. And I know you know, but for the people that don't know, the Bay Area is comprised of San Francisco... Oakland, Oakland, East, West, North Oakland, East Palo Alto, uh, San Jose, Berkeley, Richmond, Vallejo, uh, Sac- Sacramento's not really considered the Bay. It's kind of out, out the way a little yeah, bit. That's kind of the north. Yeah, that's kind of the hub, right? So um, every you could tell, you know what I'm saying, cats from San Francisco. Did you did you ever play with Lenny Walls? Yeah, streets. Yeah, Lenny. Hey, Lenny, my 2008. Guy. Hey, he he from he from the city. Now a lot of people that ain't from California think San Francisco on that funny business. No sir, it's serious business over there in that city. Yeah, so, he doing well in San Antonio right now. He is. I be seeing him. I follow him on the ground. So him and him and Brandon Browner was the boundary half and boundary corner. Yeah. No eight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, you know, it's just different though. But I say I say all that to say this, man. We very. We're trendsetter-ish, if that makes sense. Hundred percent. We just do what we do, and we embrace other people. Like, like I said, I talked about Master P earlier. Really, really, really getting getting the game from out here, and really excelling because of him living in the Bay Area, right? And um, a lot of guys coming. We're just real receptive because we we're recognized real. A lot of people that's not from California think it's all LA. Yeah. Palm trees and Hollywood, brother. That's a five and a half hour drive away from where I'm at. Hey, you Come know on. Alvin Bowen? That name sounds familiar. He hang out with uh Marshawn and uh he played linebacker, went to Iowa State. That dude's so. a straight animal. Word. That dude used to work on the field. He got hurt a couple times at Calgary and then like at, at linebacker what, though. Yeah. Ooh. That dude did work. Bringing that thumper. Mm. So yeah, man. So uh, yeah. So people always think it's it's L.A., but it's not. And we're so different because the state, this state, could really be three states. We got like over yeah. forty people here. So it's 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 a big a, a big state. It'll probably take you a whole day from end to end to drive through it. So you know, it, you know, L.A. is a lot. Southern California is a lot different from Northern California. Yeah. So I feel like we're more laid back and we're more down to earth and we kind of can mingle with anybody. So that's that's the beauty. That's why I put on for, for where I'm from and I love it to pieces, man. It's, it's just, it, it taught me everything. It's helped me become the man I am today. And I, I, I don't regret my upbringing. I don't regret, you know, because Oakland ain't Oakland no more. We need gentrification yeah. everywhere now, but. No, it, it was a beautiful thing, and I and I'm glad that I was born in '79 and I came up in that golden era. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. When you when you look back at everything you've done, from the training, the coaching, the playing, the route you took to get to where you were, 
and where you are today. When you think about leaving a legacy, mm-hmm. like what what's on your mind? Like what's what's next for Dante? What's what is it that you want to accomplish, and what is the legacy you want to leave for your kids and everybody else? The legacy I want to leave is I want to be a Hall of Famer. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna to it, you know, because yeah. I mean, just getting nominated, just you know what I'm saying. When I got that email, man, from Mark Vanoble, I, you know, that 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 felt that that in itself, if if and I and I say this with all sincerity, if it never happens which I think it, it will and it should, um, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to cry about it. It ain't, it ain't, cause I know what I did and it, it, it's set in stone. You know, my name on that cup twice. I, I ain't got nothing else to prove, right? Yep. Um, I would love, I would love to get one of them jackets. Yes, I would. Um, but just when people, like if, if, if somebody was reading my eulogy, they would say Dante Marsh was a great man. He wasn't perfect, but that dude impacted so many other people's lives. He helped X amount of players get Division One college scholarships, which I got about nine or ten. Um, just a mentoring aspect, and it's not just—it's not just limited to sports. You know, just he's a—he's a solid dude. Like you, you can't—you can't tarnish or blemish. You know, anything he—he—he he, he was about because he's so solid that if you—if you saying something negative, you just hate him because dude, dude really was a good dude, genuine dude, and he really was about helping people achieve stuff. So legacy for me would be, um, I, I think I've, I've done enough in my football career to, to, to you know, submit some of that part of my life. Yep. Um, now I'm, I'm on to what you was talking about. I'm, I'm on to maximizing and, and gaining my financial freedom. I'm okay. comfortable. I'm okay right now, but I want to be very comfortable. So yep. that's, I feel you. that's my plan. So then therefore I can do things, um, for other people, like my training. Yeah, I charge, but I'm not charging nowhere near what I could charge. But I want to be able to do things for free. Yep. That's 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 my legacy is like getting myself to a in a position of financial freedom to where everything is just free game. And that's that's really what I'm about. And I wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna do it big, dog. I wanna I wanna get a building in downtown Oakland, man, and, and, and put some, some uh, computers in there. I want to run a mentor program. I want to make sure we have these inner city kids are getting these opportunities. Some of, some of, the, some of the education is, is, uh, is uh, subpar in the inner cities across America, you know, and I know. You know. Yeah, you got to live outside the city limits yeah, so to get the good I, education. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's, that's sufficient you know, especially here in this place we call America, where everything is supposed to be, a, you know, an abundance of great opportunity. So yeah, I'm, just, I'm, 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 I'm passionate. I wake up every day with a smile on my face because I know, you know, I'm accomplishing things and there's so much more out there for me to accomplish. And just with this platform, and, and we talked about it a few weeks ago with, uh, with Ryan, when, you, when we had you on, yeah. I'm definitely down for that. You know, I, I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I've jumped into coaching. And I'm just, I'm man, I'm doing what I love to do. I really don't have any complaints, but I, I you know, legacy for me is he just hit the 55 yarder, 10 point game with a minute to go. Hey man, look like that's a wrap. Sorry hey. to interrupt you. Oh, you good? But I that's like- your boys. You know what I'm saying? That's that's your boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So you know, Nick. You know, I'm pretty sure we we have a lot of the same sentiments when we talk about legacy, man. I, 
as the older I've gotten, I've gotten less and less off <laughs> football. You know, yep. I did what I did, man. It's cool. I ain't, I ain't arguing. I'm tripping. I'm chilling, rather, you know. So, yeah, legacy for me will be, you know, how many more people I, I can impact in a positive manner. That's awesome. On their thing. And I, and I say this with all sincerity. I ain't, this ain't no BS. This ain't no bullshit. This is straight up and down from the bottom of my heart. I just love it, man, because I was blessed and fortunate to have some some support by, you know, a lot of both my parents, obviously my mother and my father, but I had, you know, coaches and a few teachers that impacted my life greatly along mm. with my parents to help me get to where I, where, where I am today. So um, that's what I want to be remembered for. Like, how many people's lives did he help change in a positive way? That's got to be the legacy. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. You know, for me, I find this is very good because me and you have never really sit down and talked like this before. We haven't. Right. I'm, I'm getting a different view of some Nick Lewis. Because, you know, I, I was really an alter ego. People always talk about, you got all these alter egos, you got all these names. But that's who I was. Yeah. Because I knew who I was as a person wasn't the type of person that could go out there and do what I did. So I created that mentality. I had to create that dog-like mentality and through that created those characters that was like, it's like WWE that I can go out there and I can go get it in with anybody. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? When I step between those lines, it's a different, it's a different dude. But going the outside the lines. Going to phone booth and change, baby. That's it. Well, they say you never, you never want to fight Superman in the phone booth. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you don't want to do. So, so yeah, and that's, and that's the biggest thing for me is like now to sit down and, and to hear the stories and to hear the passion and to hear all these things that have created such these great athletes, right? Everybody's got a different path. Everybody's got a different story. Right. And I think that the CFL, I know, and there's other sports too that don't do a great enough job of justifying and, 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 and utilizing these stories that need to be told. You're right. Right? I mean, there's so many. There's so many. And I'm, a D, I'm a D2 walk on, man. I, I was just happy to be there. But, you, but, but see, you eclipsed all that. Yeah. And then, you know, I remember, I remember one time, I'll tell you what gave me, because, you know, I did well in rookie camp. Mm hmm. Going into main camp, I already knew. I already looked at the roster. I already knew who the receivers were. Albert Connor, Wayne McGarity, all those guys, Salacio. I'm like, okay, this is where I got to be. And I remember one day during the season, I don't remember when it was, but one day during the season, we're standing around watching the defense. And uh, Wayne McGarity says, you know, you're probably the best receiver I've seen just straight out of college up here in the CFL, mm. to just come straight out of college to the CFL, like you one of the best ones. Man, I appreciate that. Hey. But that gave me so much power because now it's like, he's saying I'm better than other people. That's not coming from me, right? So now that gave me so much power and vision into, okay, let's, let's double down on it then. Right. Because, you know, like your first year, you're just trying to find your way. You're just trying to ball. Yeah, it was, you're trying to ball because you're trying to keep a job. You know yeah. how hard it is to keep a job. But see, once again, you alluded to it earlier, a lot of people don't know how difficult it is to make a Canadian football league team. Yeah. And it's harder than an NFL team because, mind you, there's no mini camps. They just start doing that within the last 10 years. We, yeah. I never was a part of a mini camp. They were yeah. playing the flyers nowhere. 
So you got two weeks to sh- two three weeks to show what you got, and if you don't make an impression, you out of there. Ain't no. If you get hurt, you out of there. Twenty dollars in the loony. <laughs> <laughs> so, There's a dinner on Delta. That's it. So you know, you know, I, I, you're, you're so right, man. We need to grow this, and a lot of these stories need to be told. Cause see, a lot of people don't know this, Nick. I was out of football three years before I went up to Tony. Really? Yeah. Uh, I went left Fresno State. I thought I was gonna get be a late round draft pick, which is what I was told. I trained in LA with TJ Hushman's out of Ocho. We was all getting it. I watched Saturday and Sunday that draft. Didn't get no call. I got calls Friday. Like, where you gonna be at? I'm all excited. It never happened. About 10 minutes after the draft, I got started getting calls. In Tennessee, hey, yeah, we want you. You want to be a Titan. Okay, cool. Go to Tennessee. Um, uh, one of my quarterbacks from Fresno State was there, Billy Bolick, who ended up finishing up with the Chargers backing up. Um, he was already there. Uh, Chuck Cecil was the safeties coach, and I kind of had a, a indirect relationship with him because one of my coaches coached him, you know, at Arizona. Yep. Oh, so, um, He's bringing that wood, too. Yeah, it was all laid out. I'm the only corner, free agent corner they brought in. They drafted my homeboy, Andre Dyson, Kevin's younger brother. Mm -hmm. I was the only free agent corner. So I did so well in training camp, I'm making the team. And I get hurt against the Chicago Bears in preseason. So I sat out the whole 01 regular season, all the 02 and 03. Then Mm -hmm. get up to Canada and have an 11-year career in Canada. So I have a That's a blessing. Yeah, it is. That's a blessing. And the injury I had to my shoulder was damn near like, um, whatchamacallit, from Swaggerville. Uh, Hef. Hef, yep. Jonathan Hef. It, was, it, it wasn't that bad because it didn't get my neck, but nerve damage, like, I, it was basically career ending. Yeah. So, the, by the grace of God and just, you know, me, me knowing that I still had it in me to really get out there and do my thing. I just, I pressed through, man, and, and like I said, it was a blessing, and I'm so thankful for the connect Bob Obilovich and Wiley Bruno bringing me on up there and allowing me to do my thing. And so um, for those watching it, like, like we talked about earlier, I have the utmost love and, and respect for the city of Vancouver. I was also blessed and fortunate to spend my entire Canadian Football League career on the West Coast, being a California kid, um, one team, very successful during my tenure there. And yep. You know, I'm I'm thankful. So we got to we play could, with some other Hall of Famers. Yes, yes. That's one of the best parts, man. I look, sometimes I, I was like, man, I got to sit up with John Bowman and and S.J. Green and and Cope and Rambo and Joffrey and Cornish and Hank and Kevin and like, there's so many names that's in there. It's like, dude, yeah. Like I, I even look at Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I stood up with Dave, Danny McManus. Oh wow, yeah. Hank, KG, probably missing some, but like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, dude, hey, Kahari, that's it's truly it's truly a blessing, man, to to know that you what you got to do and people respect and love it. Absolutely, and this is I think the I think the bigger thing for me is when I talk to other players, like I've talked to SJ, I've talked well, you know, via social media, I've yeah, talked to Jay, I've talked to Ron. You know, um, Chris, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris Williams, Chris Williams, I was in Hamilton. Yeah. So for me, that, that meant more to me ultimately than what any 
what Porter thought or whatever or not with some of these fans because a lot of people up there, they don't understand the game enough to know that it's not all interceptions. That could be yeah. misleading. Like, you talking about this dude in the run game hitting people like a safety. It's like Brandon Smith, man. He can cover. I, th- I think Brandon Smith was the best to do it. Smitty, Smitty did That's it. me personally, man. And I, I don't, I, that's my, that's my, that's my, that's my alma mater. So I don't yeah. have with that. A lot of people, he's a, he don't, he not going to have hella picks though. No. So people don't understand, but he did his thing. It's like, I only had 33, but I also played in the band. Only 33. <laughs> no, but Nick, but see, here's the You know thing. how many people get 20? <laughs> oh, I know. And, and that's why I be saying like, but I played in the boundary. That'd be like me saying, like, I know some of the receivers, like building Allen Pitts, everybody had over 100 and G Roy. That's like me saying, man, I only had 71 touchdowns. Oh, that, no, that's like, a feat. That's a feat. Come on, man. 33? Uh, that's, a, that's a. Okay, but what I'm saying. Can't say only with 33. But I'm just saying, I, I should have had 40 some. But here's the thing I played in the boundary. And you know, like I know, the, D, the two DBs that play that boundary, corner boundary half, that's the hot spot. Yeah. So, Usually put one of they one of two of they two best receivers. The top three receivers gonna be uh, the the boundary um wide out. I mean the slot. The the, the X became more of the guy, and then that yep. number three strong. So mm-hmm. them three dudes were the highest paid dudes up there, and we Lee Banks and Ryan had to cover that. So for me, I don't I don't I'm not saying only, but compared to some other guys that had the opportunity. Now if I would have got to stay up there. You know, a little longer when I because when it was over, I still team still reached out to me at 37. Yeah, I could have cheated and went to safety and got about 10 12 picks, but I didn't get that opportunity. So, my whole point is, I'm saying, like, man, I once again, I'm just thankful. I, I can't even 100 express, you know, how thankful I am. And it's it's, it's always a, it's always a treat to talk to because you know, I'm talking to a mature Nick Lewis, you're talking to a mature. Woo! <laughs> I, I'm like, man, Nick ain't man. He ain't an asshole, man. Like, cause like when we got Arlen, <laughs> like, look. So when we got Arlen, right? This is this is how I know it's crazy. So competing against Arlen Bruce, you know, covering him every now and then, cause he always was like other places. But playing against him, we know Arlen was a dude. You yeah. Know? So, for him to come to BC when we won in 2011, Grey Cup, and just now I'm in the locker room sitting next to this dude, hey, 3-1. You know, he's, he never called me Dante or Marsh. He's like, 3-1. You know, Arlen, a little different. So <laughs> this was a breath of fresh air, right? So then G-Roy had a, had a it was a Batman-Robin type thing because, you know, our, our, we had a lot of young guys. Once they, once Dale Well left Claremont, like, we were kind of depleted. It was just G-Roy. And then we yeah. had the Arsenal and guys like that. So, you know, Getting getting Arlen in to kind of be the other star receiver really helped us to to get to that point. So anyway, having that dude on your team opposed to playing against him, thinking he was this way, and then you playing with him like dog, you, I go to war with you any day of the week. You tripping? He a dog. And just like David Sanchez, like I did, I hated David Sanchez. We played the same position. I was like, man, this cocky man, you know. But then when he came later in his career to BC, I, you know, like how me and you talking, I didn't know he thought that highly of me. Yeah. And for a t- like dog, you hey, I tell you, hey. And this kind and this is like not even in a some joking shit. Like we had some real intimate, you know, outings, you know, us the players. And when you 
when you when you hear another player that you competed against speak about you, that's it, when you know it, what I mean. It hit like, different. Man, it hit way different. Like damn, I I thought you thought I was weak. No, but we gotta <laughs> think that when we compete because you know, man, fuck him, you know. So this I, I can hear Rainbow yelling at you now. Hey, 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 hey. Yep, 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 yep. So, you know, it's it's one hey, of those. You know he's going to sit on everything, Colton. I mean, that's hey. a move. I mean, that's going to come back. Hey, I, remember, <laughs> I remember early in the game, y'all was like, hey, 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 Marsh, get ready for that, that, that uh, stuttering go. I'm like, man, I know it's coming. I just don't know when know it's coming. I'm jumping some shit. I, I got to. But, yeah, man, that's the that's the dope part for me, man, is, is, is having these outlets because now we can reflect on things. And also I was telling somebody else, people get to see the real us, and they yeah. don't know how articulate and well-spoken we are this yeah play football brother like come on man we just look like that <laughs> you know we, we actually one, one thing before we get up off here yes sir where'd you get your style from my style play like the, yeah your style of play so um when i was at fresno state there there was a bunch of guys one of my um one of my dd coaches who ended up coach start, got into coaching after his nfl career he was a first round draft pick out of uh, fresno too jd williams yeah, he taught me a lot of stuff, and then like I always had like the swag since Pop Warner. Like everything had to be right. That was me. That was always me. I watched, um, in terms of the CFL game, I used to watch Omar because he was he was he was older than me. Omar like, Evans, Morgan. Omar Morgan. Okay, that's one. So he was at BYU, and I was a young pup at Fresno. Yep. I kind of watched the far back then, and when I got up to Canada. I watched Davis and Omar, and then Omar Evans and Ill Will. Those are the guys I watched to kind of learn the Canadian game. But, you know, the real low and the, the, that, I just, that was me. But I, what I did was. Omar oh, Morgan, you sit on stuff too. Yeah, I learned it though. Like, I, I had, I had uh, uh, Coach Holland, Hollywood. He coached, he was, he was on the staff my first year up there, and he was like, Dante. You fast, bro. You like you could cover. You so quick, and sometimes that was getting me in trouble because in the CFL, as you know, the field bigger, so you break on an out, you still got six yards. You know what I mean? And he was like, Carl Kidd told me. So real quick story, we're playing Edmonton. My first year up there in 2004. It's like game three. Man, I they Ed Hervey got hurt, so they threw Jason Tucker at the X. Listen to me. I thought I was getting cut. Hey. <laughs> Nick, listen to Jay me. Tuck was that dude, man. Tuck was that dude. Listen to me. He put that big ass helmet down and stuff. <laughs> so look. He don't man. stick no routes either. None. He just was rolling. And I'm talking about I, I have pictures. I got my hand on the ball, he still catch it. I tipped the ball, he still catch it. It wasn't nothing I could do that night. Everything was going downhill for me. And Terry Vaughn was, we gonna get your ass cut, boy. You get cut out of this guy. <laughs> And my head was just down in the dirt. So I just I just accepted. I'm like, man, yeah, Wiley gonna cut they me. Yeah, Mookie. And they was Herbie, Tuck, yeah. Terry Vaughn. Right. Well, Rick, it was it was Jason Moss, I wanna say. Yeah, because Ricky oh. Ray came back in fifth in two thousand five. Yes, yeah. So they lighten me up. We ain't covered three. I can't make a play. Like it's just I'm like I said, I'm tipping the ball, he's still catching it. He had at least a hundred some yards and two touchdowns, right? So, to, I say all this to say that this, Nick, I say all that to say this. 
I studied film. I was always a good film study guy. So yeah. I watched Terry. I, I studied the film. So I'm hella quick. I was always real quick breaking and shit. So I watched the film. Now I'm getting destroyed. This game it, to my to my standards, right? So I'm I'm like fuck it. I'm going home. Wally gonna cut me. Whatever. Just finish the game and let me get out of here. I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> so. <laughs> Terry Vaughn, since I watch film, Terry Vaughn never lines up at one week at the X. Never. He's a slot guy, and like he, because he was like a running back type, and yep. they go throwing slants and bubbles and all this type of stuff. So he lines up. They got to they get in field goal range to win the game. He lines up at, at one week on me. Now, mind you, I'm in the dump. I'm in the funk this game. I'm like, I'm going home. They cutting me, all the shit. Soon as he lined up, it went on. Screen. That one week, they run in the screen. Nick, I, I ain't even take a step back. He took one step forward. I shot out of my back pedal. Eight-yard loss, we win the game. I say all that to say this. That was the define, one of the defining moments because later, years later, Wally said, yeah, Dante, you know, you know, my sense is, you know, man, you know, and people were calling for your head early in your career, and, and, but I knew better. I knew better. So, you know, I was getting my ass kicked that game, but I made the play to win the game. And, you know, the rest is history. But, yeah, man. That's it. I tell my kids, you can have bad plays, but don't have bad days. That part. That part. Right? It's going to happen. Man, I appreciate you for coming on, man. You got any last words of wisdom for the people? Anything you want to say before we get up off here? Um, I'm just, once again, I'm thankful for all the opportunities that have been afforded to me. Um, Young people, please listen to older people. Uh, Be a sponge. Get a mentor. Don't think you know it all. We're not old, lame, old heads. We're not. We're, we're the young, older dudes. Like, we're the young version of the older dudes. And um, if it's one thing that I stress, I would highly stress is, yes, definitely get a mentor. Find somebody that's been successful doing what you aspire to do. Because there's too many young guys who think they know it all, but they don't know anything. And they're missing out on all these nuggets by not wanting to get around an older Amen. And get you know, get that game. So, that and just I appreciate you having me, brother. And I, I anytime I do it, you know, just let me know. And I want to build. It's just, that's that's what that's we it. all about building. That's it, man. I appreciate you coming on. Likewise. It's been another episode of the Lulu Logic Podcast. We out.